0: We are back. For this episode, we dug in the crates a little bit to find a rap movie classic, Tougher Than Leather, from 1988, starring Run-DMC, written and directed by Rick Rubin. It also features the Beastie Boys, and it's got uh, appearances from this evil prick, Russell Simmons. (laughs) Um, And uh, yeah, it's always fun to kind of go back to the elemental kind of roots of New York rap and, you know, talk about Run DMC. It's not something we often get to do here. This film is also monumentally hard to find, uh, unless you're looking at some kind of like, you know, vintage VHS collection or something. So we will tweet a link uh, to watch it. Um, Lots of music in this one, too. We have three tracks, so stick around for those. Anthony picked some bangers. And I don't really know what else to say. This was a really fun one. Uh, Let's get into it. Tougher than leather on Bodega Box Office.
1: Some of
2: my best This friends. is how the Kylie Irving shit started. He <laughs> just said the wrong thing, kept
0: making it worse and worse. So this is the definitive tougher than leather podcast, folks. Yeah.
2: Jam Master Jay's dream about getting his dick bitten off. <laughs> Full on arterial spray violence. Yeah, I kind of wrote it off because I'm stupid. Like Toad throws a Fifi over his head <laughs> to make Donkey Kong spin out. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> I'm very sorry to the touch community.
0: Welcome to Bodega Box Office. It's a podcast about rap movies. What's a rap movie? It's a movie that was either written by, produced by, directed by, or starring a rapper. I'm the rap game Jay Sherman. Over here, I have the rap game Sandy Kenyon. What it do. And we watched Run DMC in Tougher Than Leather, directed by Rick Rubin, 1988. Man. We should have done and like I, a
2: pass the mic
0: intro, where you're I know. like, welcome to, and I go, bodega! <laughs> <laughs> yeah, not bodega meaning bodega, but bodega meaning bodega. Um, God, listening to so much of this shit has just been such a delight the last week Gosh. or so. So much. I didn't realize how much time you spent listening to just a drum machine. Just like right off, right, like oh, yeah. direct line in just a fucking drum machine. Just booming. I love yeah. that.
2: Yeah, it literally stripped out all the disco Sugar Hill Gang stuff and just left the drums.
0: It fucking stripped out everything. I'm like, am I listening to some early wax track shit here? Is this fucking like, I don't know, some weird Martin Atkins side project that like is just a drum machine and someone's screaming? Because that's pretty much what it is. It's good shit, is what I'm yeah. saying. The best it's also
2: shit. Uh, really uh, frequently great use of like stereo panning where you have yeah. like, oh, yeah. run in one ear, then DMC shouts in the other.
0: It's like a really fun toy they had and they're just like let's let it rip and then all their albums got remastered so like everything is just like brick walled and sounds like just crazy loud. It's great. Yeah. Great. Uh so welcome to the Definitive Podcast about Run DMC their entire career, all of their movies, <laughs> All of their albums, all their side projects, and anything Rick Rubin produced. Are you ready to get into it? Anthony, my we're going to talk Run DMC today. No, just kidding. We don't do any of that shit here. Um, Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah.
2: You forgot to say uh, Jam Master J True Crime Podcast. That would be the other (laughs) cliche to do it.
0: Yeah, yeah. Is that a thing? Does he really have one of those? Because that would be great. I mean, well, I dead. mean, <laughs>
2: he was murdered and it was a suspicious suspicious murder, and then imagine every person that doesn't know him speculating about the reasons for murder and the reasons I, it was never solved and stuff.
0: I honestly thought the way you were going with it was that he was like hosting a podcast about and then they found her body chopped up in a playground in Ohio. Like <laughs> It's like math. Richard Stack. <laughs> yes, exactly. Richard Stack energy like standing in front of some weird, like there's like a lot of fog and like a weird light coming from nowhere. And like Richard yeah. stack is like wearing a cool trench coat. Oh, yeah. that shit. Um, no, but the man died in 2001. So this was pre podcast era, I think. Yes. Right. Yeah. So no, sadly, no jam master J podcast rest in power. Um, he's really funny in this. Uh, I yeah. thought I really like him as an actor. Um, yeah. Made me realize it's- what we missed.
2: It was interesting as we're sort of, I don't know, loosely uh, inverting our format. Uh, The whole point of the podcast. How dare I? No, the whole point of the podcast, though, is like like finding utility in the rapper's acting. Right. But to then see the three members of Run DMC all have like stage presence and be like pretty entertaining in like a rough, uh, unskilled way. Uh, as opposed to then juxtaposed with Rick Rubin, who is one of the all-time bad non-actor acting performances yeah. ever. Like, yeah, I'm he really I'm convinced just that sucks shit in this.
0: Oh, he's he's awful, and I yeah. think I honestly think he he made this movie just so he could do like a mafioso crime guy thing. Yeah, because like he's having like his own movie like the whole yeah. time, and it's like he's the most badass dude in the room. He wears sweaters and he shoots people and yeah. like he talks mafia stuff and he says yeah. the n-word a lot a fucking lot yeah. and like it's just like i i i don't know it's like rick you're doing you're doing too much rick you got you're yeah. doing way too much yeah. i mean and he was doing
2: too much he was a guy who <laughs> was living fucking music industry hours and then suddenly has to take on like 18 hour days writing directing producing and acting in a film like that's yeah. difficult for fucking like I mean, hell, Alec Baldwin tried that and shot somebody. Imagine <laughs> Reuben trying to fucking successfully do that. Damn.
0: Is this was this around when he left Def Jam? I think he started like the Def pivot American. To Def American, I think, is yeah. right
2: around this time. Yeah.
0: Well, the, oh god, we are really inverting the format. But the uh, fuck it. The pivot to Def American is obvious in in like how many like. Well, there's a Danzig song in this. Yes. Like, and there's also like his crew looks like a bunch of Danzig roadies, like the yeah. the mafia guy's crew. Anyway. And I think I one out. of the actors is also
2: a guy that directed like Slayer videos.
0: Okay, that makes sense. I mean, I found yeah. a guy, Riff Thunder, I did a little research. Shout out to research!
3: Right did research.
0: Jesus, I'm gonna have to find the fucking sample, like, the drops later in the episode and bring them to the... Anyway, who cares? Um... <laughs> riff thunder was one of his henchmen uh founding member of overkill and what do we say when overkill comes up anthony the
1: <laughs> <laughs>
4: gasoline dreams shut up <laughs>
0: <Yeah>. <laughs> on their own live album oh my Ooh. god oh so Roodle. good um all right anyway should we uh should we get this thing back on track and do the plot yeah yeah get the plot.
4: Uh, plot no more,
2: Run DMC is taken advantage of by a corrupt record executive whose label is a front for a drug operation. Uh, The corrupt exec in question, played by Rick Rubin, uh, kills their friend and employee when he stumbles upon a murder. And as Run DMC investigates that murder, they are on a collision course that endangers their lives and their artistic careers. Oof.
0: I actually, I hate how concise your plot summaries have become. And I think do better, <laughs> do better.
2: Yeah. No. Well, it's tough on one like this because you either need to make it so pithy and tidy or you need to spend a long time describing things. And to describe the movie or to describe the plot of a movie like this in more than three sentences
0: really just
2: shows that it's barely held together with duct tape. <laughs>
1: yeah
0: i just wanted to hear something about reagan's america or or, or anything it's 1988 for crying out loud um so crush groove right is like the precursor to this i think in some ways yeah well not in some ways in like every way and like crush groove is okay the better movie it's a fantastic movie it's got similar structure it's got a lot of performances This one has Beastie Boys, a lot of Run-DMC performances. It's got Slick Rick in it. It's got that Go-Go band, the Junkyard band, who are awesome. they're great. Um, And, like, yeah, I think... There really
2: should be an alternate, like, Sliders Dimension version of Def Jam, where... The rap is still there, but instead of doing, like, all that R&B garbage with, like, Orange Juice Jones and stuff that Russell Simmons liked to listen to that didn't sell any records, instead they just put out fucking Go-Go for a decade.
0: Uh, And also, anybody who knows what Sliders is, please uh, write in. So (laughs) Um, (laughs) 1-800-222-9797. Yeah, the Go-Go thing seems totally out of left field, uh, even though it does... Go hard. It's great. Yeah. I don't I just didn't equate go go and, you know, uh Def Jam at all. Uh, yeah, and you know, hey, more power it's to just it. that weird unification of the East Coast where
2: the Midwest right. is so balkanized that even adjacent states people are just like, Fuck you. That's fucking uncivilized what you people do over there. And like <laughs> some of those states are just so impossibly far away, like you're Indiana's and your Nebraskas or whatever. Where the right. East Coast everything is
0: tidy. Like, well, so thinking, the Midwest doesn't produce any musical stuff, you know, that's useful beyond Prince and Bob Dylan. It's, it's yeah. not like it's not like they have this like regional fucking like inventiveness that Go Go has, and like no, it's just. I, I also love that. Hey, come on up here and uh, join our rap movie and sing a song about sardines. I yes. <laughs> Which okay, cool, great. Um, yeah. it's Just I'm great. I'm
2: picturing you all. Uh, this being a tinned fish uh fucking discourse podcast there's too right. much important rap to talk about for me to uh bring up that hobby horse
0: well it's in the, it's it's in this the podcast beneath the podcast that i think you're constantly trying to sort of create yes and um, <laughs> it's there there's a record there along with your kind of i don't know what is it lefty whatever your thing is now um <laughs> now <laughs> <laughs> whatever now, you, yes, whatever you, recent. yeah whatever your recent little uh your little dalliance with politics is <laughs> um but anyway i bring up crush groove just to like to note that yes it is a very similar thing and yes it is better but we're not going to use crush groove to like beat up tougher than leather um yeah. the similarity thing. is
2: interesting because it reminds me of the original british version of whose line is it anyway where yes. they would all set up like a framework for a skit of a type of movie. And then in the middle, someone like blow a whistle and it turns from like a period piece to a spaghetti Western to a <laughs> yeah. slapstick comedy. And like, this is the identical movie to crush groove except, but through like a black exploitation framework yep. instead of through like a, uh, uh, I don't want to say a star is born because I don't think there is enough bad things happening to
0: more that like enough. blues brothers, which is what they set up. Right. yeah. And they're like, it starts off. It's, it's a blues brothers joke. Like the beginning is just the opening to blues brothers yeah. with, I really liked the sound design in the first scene. Actually. I, I don't want to go scene by scene. We're not going to do that nightmare again. Um, but I really do like the first part of this where you see him getting out of prison. Flava Flave is just piped in just like screaming, uh, yeah. some story about how he killed somebody. Um, you don't ever see Flav, you just hear him. And then we do the whole spiel with the, like, he gets his hat and then he, you know, he completes his uniform of becoming um, DMC. And then they go outside and it's like this weird dreamscape of, like, is he going to shake my hand or not? And then they, like, they embrace and they sit in the back of the car just in, like, a really long driving shot and talk about dreams. Like, I was like, what is this fucking weird indie drama that, like, just. They set up in the beginning of the film, and then abandon immediately. But I really yeah. liked. I wanted to stay in that, and I, I really thought we were going to get like the Run roads, but with away. Run DMC. Yes, exactly. Driving not, across not the country, talking
2: about dreams.
0: I, I mean, you say crossroads, but I, I was honestly thinking maybe just because of recency is a stranger than fiction. Oh my god! Sit than Around a
2: fucking campfire and have uh, Dido recite the lyrics
0: to a uh, sucker MCs or whatever. <laughs> yeah and you got a what's her name from boom cat in the building uh (laughs) who made her album on a PlayStation. um no but stranger than paradise was was very much kind of haunting this movie too because our boy richard edson from sonic youth and from that movie uh stranger than paradise is also in this in a very prominent role and he pretty much carries the fucking movie doing like a lot of the acting a lot of good acting at least um anyway what did you think of that first scene like what like what did it do to your viewing experience? Were you also set up for something that I mean, really it didn't happen.
2: It's tough because I think that first five minutes is really interesting and like it's like a weird setting compared to the rest of the movie, and like it sort of sets up like the, the the mood they're trying to go for with like Run DMC being like tough but like not like evil, just like from the wrong side of the tracks or whatever toughened by experience but it is also weird because again you're like oh why is run dmc like driving in the desert where is this prison and (laughs) like the like oh the disembodied voice of flava flave uh which is like if that weren't flava flave it would read differently than if it is flava flave because you're just like oh this is the first cameo of many cameos like they were going to shoehorn in somehow right so yeah no was Public Enemy on Def Jam ever? This is a silly question. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Uh, the entire... I don't want to say the entire time, but like, yeah, definitely okay. through like 96. Like, they made it through multiple music industry cleavings of early rap that still, like, I think even like music in our message is definitely Def Jam. Uh, like, by the time it gets like Revolver Lucian, that's where I'm not sure.
1: But,
0: Public Enemy must remain. That's the thing. Keep them yeah. around. Yeah. Okay. But it's interesting that Public Enemy is always disembodied in this because they come up later, too, where uh, DMC is sitting there listening to some Public Enemy. Yeah. Some uh, some mischievous misdoings are going on.
2: But Which is also one of the odd things about this movie is it is a transitional phase for Def Jam. So it's interesting whenever post-run DMC musicians are incorporated because you do slightly get the feeling that run DMC is sort of like, well, we built this house. Like what do yeah. we need all these other fucking Whose house? For? Yeah, exactly. exactly.
0: <laughs> yeah. That is interesting. Cause if you, you know, again, my basic research, if you read about the progression of their albums, they're like, okay, you know, critics and who gives a fuck. So just take this with a grain of salt. We'll say that like, oh, this is when, you know, tougher than leather, the album is when, you know, Run DMC started playing everyone else's game as opposed to, like, playing their own, you know, Mm -hmm. a lot more samples and, like, rhyming differently. And then I saw an interview with with DMC. This is, like, post his fallout, you know, falling out with, with Run. So he's, like taking shots at him like yeah he just wanted to like sound like everybody else and i want to sound like me and like i want to sound like something older than rap and it's like well you're both full of shit i think anyway but um yeah i don't know do you get that at all do you get the sense with that album that it's like it's just kind of them trend chasing or is it
2: still i mean some of the samples the are a little over the top like it's the walk this way template uh but done with like yeah temptation songs and shit um i will say that going back like i'm leery of making too many sweeping generalizations because run dmc is the kind of act especially as like a singles act that like i haven't always thought of as having like distinct periods and that doesn't mean they don't it just means like to go back and consume like first and second wave rap as somebody that wasn't there and as somebody that's to deal with the limitations of the way the music industry packages nostalgia, it's often difficult to like, think about like, what is it? Kings of rock has all the live guitar on it. So I understand that like something like Mary Mary is like one of the weaker songs on the record, uh, tougher than leather, but also like, does it make sense for DMC to be like, Oh, now we're bringing a shtick. When mm. arguably having sweet guitar licks over everything is also a shtick, it's just a shtick that like might not have seemed
0: as like fisted or whatever. So. And maybe maybe we don't need to double down on it all the time. Like maybe not. I don't. Know. Maybe it's like the one time was good enough. I don't know. But here we are. Yeah. We're gonna say something new and and uh, innovative and very very nothing you've ever heard before about Run DMC. That's what we're here to do. We're gonna we're gonna finally crack the nut that is Run DMC.
2: Well, and it's also stuff like,
0: uh, yeah, we're the worst.
2: Uh, stuff like <laughs> the significance of these people makes yeah. it hard to go back and figure out what was actually happening. Because yeah. if you have, for instance, um, a non-Rick Rubin person that's considered the like, Sven Gali singular producer genius that herds all the cattle or whatever, um, but he is still so powerful and significant in the industry, normally it's once everybody has failed and gone broke that they get really catty and talk about like who actually ghost produced shit and all of right. that so it is tough because like again as those movements happen to what degree that's rick rubin saying let's expand the sound versus to what degree there's a push and a pull with rubin versus to what degree rick rubin may be like hey i'm trying to produce Andrew Dice clay and build my own record label uh why don't we have some engineers sort of bump up like, yeah, that kind of thing is all very opaque to me. Well, and... And by me, worth- I mean a person that didn't do any research before the episode.
0: <laughs> right. We don't do that here. Five minutes yeah. at least, that's it. But it's it's worth noting that this movie has, like, pretty much been scrubbed from existence. Like, the stream that you found, heroically, by the way, because I, I wouldn't have been able to do it. Um, it was on a Facebook page with zero comments and I think, like, almost no views. Yes. Um... And, you know, what you can find is what, like, a VHS for, like, 150 bucks? Yeah. And, like, I my theory, and I felt like you, you know, getting real paranoid about it, was that, like, Rick Rubin didn't want a movie out there where he says the N-word a bunch. Honestly, like, I, I thought maybe that was it.
2: I think that's certainly one of three or four very plausible theories. Um, but I also wonder whether it would be interesting to talk to somebody older and more knowledgeable about whether there was any desire to put this on DVD or right. re release or anything before Jam Master J died. Because right. I don't think it's insignificant that a guy who was like going broke after the music industry sort of chewed him up and spat him out that then was murdered under strange circumstances. I could also see people being like, are the thousand copies we're going to sell of this DVD worth putting out a movie that has Jam Master Jay shooting a bunch of people as yeah. a criminal musician having just been murdered. Because that period where he was murdered, like 2002 or whatever, is right around the time that these decisions would have been made. Like, this right. isn't the kind of thing that comes out on fucking Criterion Blu-ray. This it is the should, kind should, of thing. No, oh, it totally should. But this yeah. is the kind of thing that would come out when, like, just there was a vault clearing exercise in 2004 and they knew they could just sell it for like 25 bucks to shitheads like
0: us. Right. And I would buy it. But you know, actually the mo- the most boring thing probably is the music r- licensing thing. That's probably the reason, like honestly, because like uh. between all of the Def Jam stuff that's in here and it's not like they're performing it live. It's just like, they're just, you know, lip syncing. And then all the like hilarious needle drop music that they, they just throw in to to dictate the mood of the film they're like no no the the movie's funny now you can tell by the like the the jaunty body fucking music that's playing oh no no yeah. now it's serious now the movie's scary like and it's just i think he just i don't know where you got this shit but it was like he went to the library and was like just movie music you know, Yeah, it's, and it seems it's like... actually the Buck
2: Owens estate is why this movie hasn't been released, because of Act Naturally playing during the bar fights.
0: It, honestly, it could be something like that, like something so small where it's like one of these songs that they're just like, fuck it, I'm fucking Rick Rubin, I'll do whatever I want. Rick Rubin yeah. directed this. I mean, I think it just has his, his mitts are all over it. And it just seems like that was such a choice um and I yeah, think I he know. did a
2: fine enough job. I think I honestly, if this was a movie that you could only make one correction to, I think simply giving the Rick Rubin role to somebody who looks like Rick Rubin <laughs> but is an actor would yeah. markedly improve a movie that I still
0: enjoyed watching, and I'm really yeah. glad that I like spent some time with. I agree. I, I totally agree. I'm, I'm right with. You. I think there's some really interesting choices being made in the movie, and like and it doesn't do the rap movie thing that we've seen so many times where it's like it, the script just stops. Like they yes. like, they finish the story. It, it comes all the way back around. It wraps up. Um, and yeah, it's a uh, shout out to them. Should we do some, uh, some notes? Indeed.
4: Let's go to the and take notes.
0: I got a lot of fucking notes, dude.
2: Yeah, I wrote a lot of things down. As I'm going through, I'll have to decide which ones make sense and which ones just merit the loud sound of me scribbling that all the podcast listeners have to deal with.
0: Yeah, we love that. Our ASMR listeners, shout
1: out to, shout out to you guys.
0: <laughs> love a good scribble. Um, Let's see. Oh, God. Re- yeah, recurring nightmares. Just sort of interesting way to start the, start the film out. Like yeah fucking fucking Lynchian man just talking about dreams you know fucking lynch man david lynch you know oh Uh, so there's that that's cool yeah Um, in a different movie it would have like you would have seen that happen of course you know yeah he has a dream about a girl blowing him and then biting his dick off and and you would have seen something like that but we don't yeah um i'm interested in the idea of what
2: the melody room is that's the venue that all these things are taking place at uh there's one in california i guess like is it just a totally fake venue and i'm like overthinking it
0: like well for every like if you i I, my friend uh lent me this book of like rap flyers for shows and uh you know, for every, like, Limelight or, like, you know, SOBs or, like, a lot of the, like, usual suspect venues, yeah. there's, like, so many where you're, like, what the fuck is that place? You know, like, just some like, – think about the venues now that just come and go. Yeah. So, I, I'm i sure it was, like, a lounge or a club or something that, like, they could – yeah, they could do do jams in.
2: But I guess my question is more, like – Yeah, like it seems like there's a chance the Melody Room is the same as the Viper Room, just a different name. But then like in my head, I'm like, is that one of those things where to use a California venue, they just happen to be in California at the time, or that's how they could write off like a trip for tax reasons or something? Or was there also a New York outpost like the Fillmore? Like that's the thing is it's just like very difficult to... Look on my phone in 15 seconds while not listening to the thing you were saying, and we're recording. <laughs> is what I mean, Hey, that's how
0: we do. This is the fucking way. But maybe it was like, you know, hey, uh, the Melody Room is like the little annex that's attached to some restaurant. You know, like, hey, performing uh, live in the Melody Room. You know, after you have your surf and turf, is yeah. You know, run, run, run in them, run in his friends, <laughs> run in his band. Um. Richard Edson. Great. Love him. He's so good. Um, Jam Master J mushes someone in this or he tells a story about, and I just think mushing is such an underrated move. It's a very Uh, New York move. Yeah. We need more mushing. It's just so disrespectful. I'm I'm not even going to like fix myself to hit you. I'm going to just kind of put my hand in your face and then keep putting it there until you like fall over. It's great.
2: Yeah. it, It made it interesting. Like, watching the caricature that the beastie boys play next to the caricature that run DMC plays is interesting because yeah, you sort of get a feeling like, well, of course the beastie boys will like have beer fights and like throw food in a restaurant because they wouldn't mush because they're like the weird soft white guys. So yeah. like, it was interesting. Cause it is always, the beasties are always sort of looming large in any conversation about rap music simply because they're like, the exception that proves the rule. Right. Oh, especially like, with Def Jam, it's going to come up. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. And it's like they are great, but they're great in the way where, like, if you sit next to somebody at a wedding and they lead off with, like, I heard you're a music guy. What do you like? And yeah. then, like, you reluctantly say something and ask what they like. And they're like, The Beastie Boys. Like, that could mean they have really great taste and love fucking yeah. Paul's boutique, but it could also mean that like, they think the sabotage video is funny. It's like Nirvana yeah, yeah. or any other like significant placeholder act like that.
1: That's
0: a so great that,
2: point. So to watch them right as they're aging out, frankly, of their like young drunk hijinks era, but like they sort of needed to play that in the movie because yeah. that's what they were on Def Jam before they left. Like it's interesting to watch them. Right next to, like, Run DMC, who would a, certainly push someone.
0: It's cool to put them on that timeline, because in, in Crush Groove, they're very much, like, in that. Because Crush Groove was, like, I think two two years before this. Yeah, And you're right, they're, they're more in that persona, that kind of mischievous kind of thing. And then, like, this, they're, like, they're getting into... They're getting a little weirder with their music. They're probably already working on what would become, you know, Check Your Head or Paul's, well, Paul's Boutique. And, like, it's like, okay, so and i actually i've been listening it's weird timing cuz i've been listening to a lot of beasties lately um hmm. check your head it's really good uh oh yeah check your head's fan. great yeah i kind of wrote it off cuz i'm stupid um but yeah I, I think it is it's they're they're not portrayed amazingly in this but they do get a lot of utility out of beasties like beasties are in this a lot they even play oh, yeah. the uh the Hasidic uh jewish guys which i thought was like a kind of a funny bit yeah, um, but it's not just them, is it? No, it's a bunch of other people. But there's like, I think you see like MCA is is one of them. Because um, yeah. the, that's one like- of that's
2: one of my favorite weird bits in the movie. Racially, is Rick Rubin's like a Jewish guy playing an Italian. So when he keeps saying the <laughs> N word and like calling people like moolinjans and stuff, is this Rick Rubin doing this as like a representative of like general white music industry people? Or is he specifically being like music industry Italians doing it? Yeah. And I thought that was an odd, like, cross racial casting, but not as odd as the credits indicating that uh, one of the Hasidic guys was uh, played by a guy named Scott Gomez. (laughs) (laughs) (laughs)
1: <laughs>
2: <laughs> i love the idea of just casting anybody like the bc boys are at least jewish like they're not yeah. fucking orthodox yeah. but like yeah, right there's right, at right. Least something there but hey yeah, just they're like a spanish guy in the mix fuck it right
0: <laughs> ricky's around put him in there bobo yeah. cincinnati um but like there this, this is a funny bit that like you know Hasidic dudes wear black coats and black hats and from the back they might look like Run-DMC. <laughs> yeah. It's pretty funny.
2: It's a really um, funny bit. One of my favorite yeah. parts of the
0: movie. Yeah, there's some like real joke-ups in this movie. When they want to, and when like I said, when they want to give you the jokes, they give you the the Jack doing crime music from Days of Our Lives. <laughs> Did he die? Did he die? Is that is that who you said died? No, uh, Victor Kyriakis.
2: Oh, oh, so you, oh! You can't slam your beer anytime that Nicole mentions his impotence. Rest in peace Greek. to Jennifer Aniston's father, who was on Days of Our Lives for fucking sixty years.
0: Greek icon, yeah, fucking the man, him, Yanni, and uh, Dennis Russo, or whatever that guy's name is. <laughs> um, well, who? I just went. Did I say a note? You say a note uh,
2: now. I, I, yeah, I got one. Uh, I loved jay and master J, after the fucking dive bar brawl with buck owens soundtrack uh he steals their cheap dive bar champagne
0: yeah like it's, so it's good. A, a
2: great move of disrespect to steal the champagne but also like even run dmc at the pre-fame incarnation that is being conveyed to be part of this movie it's still like Probably beneath them to drink the champagne that they keep right. at that bar, right?
0: Like well, that's that why he like fucking a hums $3 it out. three-dollar
2: bottle of Brut.
0: Yeah, this is the joint champagne. But he uh, he says, "I always want to do this," and he throws the bottle at a at a mirror, which is awesome. That is, and they true. had a lot of fun, a lot of fun with uh breakaway um, glassware in this. Yes, uh, and it has a little bit of that Beanie Siegel in, in uh, Paper Soldiers uh, essence of like these aren't stuntmen. And yet they're beating the ever loving shit out of other stuff out of real stuntmen. And I'm sure some of those stuntmen took a couple punches from like Jam Master J. Oh yeah, like, the
2: fight scene in the alley, the fight scene in the bar, like yeah. the the violence in the movie is surprisingly on point. But yeah, it, it really gets to the heart of this is a movie made cheaply by Def Jab, as opposed to this is a movie made cheaply by jam master j or something like right 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 still thought being put into it and they go through the proper channels to find like actual stuntmen and actual props like there weren't audio issues like this is no. i mean besides the fact that we're watching a fourth generation vhs rip on facebook uh those are the only <laughs> audio issues but it's not like listening to like birds of a feather where you're like oh this really was drawn on a cocktail napkin by gucci man or whatever
0: right by uh Beethoven. Um, yes. But yeah, also, like, yeah, you, you noted that, like, that we, we tend to watch these things. They're squibs um, and blanks and actual guns being fired. So that's pretty cool. They got, like, I
2: feel like I read something, uh, possibly apocryphal because it was in comments, but about how some of the scenes in this movie are actually just footage from other movies.
0: I, I, I know that that's something that, like, low-budget movies do. You know, they'll yeah. pad out shit but like that's it doesn't seem like that's what was happening here because like the actors are often in those parts and like i don't know yeah maybe although yeah, you yeah know, it's not like
2: you can take rick rubin shooting a guy in the
0: mouth and be yeah. like this is actually from the french connection or whatever like you right need it rick seems like it could be monumentally difficult to do that too but i mean it's they do it all the time so you know maybe um yeah i i just like to i like to think of them like okay well you know, if we're gonna have, you know, World War Two guns, which is an interesting note that I'm sure you also took. Um, they're like, We gotta have fucking shit going on we gotta have the Pumes, all that cool shit, like little sparks going and like ricocheting. Um Yeah, so uh DMC says he comes through with a bag of guns and he says my grandfather was uh part of the Red Ball Express in yeah. World War Two. And the Red Ball Express was a convoy, a military convoy that after you know our smashing success on the beaches of normandy um <laughs> this convoy was now suddenly able to you know supply the troops and it was mostly run by black folks so okay. uh it was just kind of a weird like it's the kind of thing that's in a script where you're like this is probably true you know yeah. <laughs> like this you probably didn't just you didn't just make this up you didn't just decide that like the red ball express was going to be part of the film it was like that yeah. probably was somebody you know Somebody's Either way, it's
2: plausible enough that this is the only time in Bodega Box Office history I didn't interrupt and say that the Russians actually won World War Two. I know
0: us we were dead weight, and yet here you go, here you go anyway. <laughs> <laughs> I was waiting for it. I was kind of teeing you up there, but um, yeah, no, I. The Russians it. didn't I... have as much to do with Normandy, so I think that that one's we can claim that one. I think yeah, us, that's, uh, fair. Us Americans. that's fair. That's fair. Man, speaking of uh, you know American uh, interventionism um, or whatever you want to call it, I was just in Vietnam and, hey, buddy, um, <laughs> I went to the war museum there. And the first thing you see, you walk into a section of the museum that's called war crimes. And the first thing you see is um, we hold these truths to be self-evident that all men are created equal. And then it's literally just nothing but huge pictures of American GIs butchering Vietnamese people. It's fucking it's the most hardcore thing I've ever seen. Yeah. and like it's packed with tourists uh it was uh amazing it's fucking yeah. amazing um the the vietnamese perspective on uh what was going on in their country is uh definitely different what is the uh, the ethnic breakdown of the tourists cuz i mean frankly
2: whenever i hear of vietnamese tourism i'm picturing like a 55 year old white libertarian
0: that's there to like pick up children but no, uh no no you're thinking of uh one night in bangkok my friend you got art bleeding into life over here um <laughs> No, it's 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 just tourists. You know, it's like you get Americans, Canadians, families, okay. uh, a lot of people who want to like party. You know, and, like yeah. you know, drink. Uh... frilly cocktail drinks and act like they're not in a different country. The most, the worst kind of. But so it's Westerners, though, is what you're saying. Like, I mean, even that was unclear.
2: Like, if it it would not have surprised me if you said it was a bunch of Chinese people. Like, I having never been to Vietnam, I just wasn't sure. Well, there's there's a thing
0: like yes, normally Southeast Asian countries, I guess, have a lot of Chinese tourists. Same with Japan. Like, but Mm -hmm. apparently China is not allowing much tourism right now. They're not like. Anyway, so. There was far fewer, yeah, far fewer Chinese folks than there usually is. Anyway, um, back to the notes. Yeah,
1: when
2: you talked uh, about people there to party, I'm like envisioning like, oh, you mean like Jam Master J
0: and DMC with Vic's
2: girlfriend or whatever? Like, I don't
0: know. Yeah, that whole thing. Okay, yeah, that uh, that was interesting. They they need her to, I, I guess, tell tell them where Vic is. Vic, played by Rick yeah. Rubin. But before they get that information out of her, they both bang her. But then, yeah. like, it's super dark, but then the music that's playing is, like, this, this like, body kind of, like, like, I don't know, striptease music. And then they do yeah. a bit where, like, she follows Jam Master J into the shower, and then, like, she starts throwing out all of his iconic items of clothing you see the shoes go the hat goes the coat it um very confusing little scene Uh, yeah there's a lot of unfair
2: allegations of sexism in this movie from like critics of the day and a lot of it just seemed more like a a knee-jerk reaction of like oh rappers are more sexist than regular musicians and yada 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 and it all seemed pretty bogus um but the one part I didn't really know what to make of was this part because it didn't seem like overtly sexist in an eighties music industry way. Right. But it is ultimately a woman with bondage gear on that's trying to get back at her corrupt boyfriend by double teaming two musicians. Like, <laughs> that's yeah. also provided uh, one of my favorite uh, credits, which was a, uh, it was like a uniforms provided and there was like four different things and it was like adidas and then there was like something about like security guard uniforms and then it just said pink pussycat boutique which i'm guessing is where they get like her get up like the bondage collar and all that it's like that's still there too
0: is it really i was gonna say i feel
2: like i've walked past that
0: place before but yeah there's a lot of places in this that are still there like that milano's bar i think is still there the one on Houston next to that bar, that, oh God, that place that you guys used to go with your coworkers that um, Botanica? I just have. Yes. Yeah, it's like right by. One. Oh, okay. yeah. Yeah. I just have memories of getting like way too hammered there. I think with you once um, yes. like uncomfortably drunk, but uh, uh, Milano's. Yeah, is right there. It's like right in that little strip. Okay. Tiny little bar. It's where he goes and the guy like they do that bit. The like the naked gun bit of like yeah my friend Ben Franklin might know where he is and yeah, yeah um, two hundred dollars
2: is quite the bribe for nineteen eighty seven
0: that's what I said it's like Jesus guys he's yeah. real greedy this fucking guy and then he <laughs> he still double crosses him yeah they don't get his money back they should rob him
2: <laughs> or at least break all his fingers in an alley while muttering a nursery rhyme <laughs>
0: yeah 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 Jam Master J makes a meal out of that whole scene. Of uh, doing a whole, hey, I'm gonna do the this little piggy, then I'll break your fingers. The classic, yeah. classic bit, classic bit yeah, from Jason. Classic finger breaking. Yep, yep, yep. Yeah. Um, Slayer poster. Yes, there's a Slayer poster. Yeah. The, I, I I really liked the like the heavy metal of it all. That was funny. I didn't expect that at all, but then I was like, oh, of course, Rick yeah. Rubin. Had already started working with Slayer at this point, it was really in, in the Danzig, and there's a guy in this movie wearing a Sam Hain shirt. Dan that I didn't know, that's
2: good detail.
0: One of the old henchmen, I can, well, that's why I started looking it up. I was like, Is this are these members of Sam Hain, you know? But it, it, yeah. wasn't. it was just founding member of Overkill. We'll have to make do with we have Sam Hain at home. I don't know, I don't know <laughs> if, that's,
1: if that's anything.
0: Uh, I like that Runny Ray who was
2: in a group called the Magnificent Super 7 with both DMC and uh, one of the musicians that we'll be talking about during the audio portion. Uh, it was like a seven-member group that I don't think they ever released. That's too many members. I... too many members.
0: Too many members. Too yeah, many exactly. members. That's my note. Can we get it down to four? <laughs> yeah. But
2: um, yeah, that guy actually was their like weird like pseudo-tour manager errand-runner okay. guy. For them in real life, but that's also why he played this role in this movie and in Crush Groove as well.
0: Oh, he's the same character in Crush Groove?
2: Yeah, yeah. They literally, like, your job is to do your job and also to play (laughs) you in movies.
0: Damn, that guy can't catch a break. And they're also like, oh, by the way, you're like, you're slow. Like, that's the other thing is like, you have a learning disability. Like, and we're going to have whole scenes where we talk about your learning disability. Yeah. Um, and
2: then too, you're like, is that actually like what his life is like? Like, is he, <laughs> is he touched or like, or is he only like slow in this movie? I don't remember it coming up in Crush Groove. Like, yeah.
0: I like that. How, 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 like most podcasts have, have educated themselves on the right non-ableist language to use. And, and we went to the oldest language that might be so old that like nobody even knows if it's offensive anymore. Yeah, touched. exactly. <laughs> <laughs>
2: I'm very sorry to the touch community some of my best friends this is how the Kylie Irving shit started he said the wrong thing kept making it worse and worse like we need to get me like a press conference where every time I say touched you like wipe sweat off your brow and like make me do like stand with a novelty check next to like a special olympics fundraising team or something
0: touched olympics no, that's like if you just yeah, you just got a larger forum to say the word a bunch more times.
2: Every time. Just <laughs> some poor BR guy just fucking muttering obscenities under his
1: breath.
0: <laughs> Oh fuck. And that and you know like he donated to the legal fund of that girl who like whose friends killed her in Mexico. Have you ever seen this one on Twitter? Um, uh, I haven't, it no. But yeah. Just I mean, happened. I, he supported
2: like, uh, the same uh, district attorney candidate that I did. Like, yeah, yeah. He's, I I don't know that it needs to turn into a deep dive on Kyrie Irving, but yeah, he is he's somebody that, despite being a knucklehead and having a lot of like controversial for controversial sake opinions, like this is all sort of. Okay. Really strange thing for everybody to be that invested in.
0: Yeah, it is, and he, but he's really doing a, a lot of good work. And like, yeah. and but it's funny, yeah. You and I've we've hung out with so many Kyries. We've been the yeah. Kyrie before, like, <laughs> like yeah. I'm gonna get into the dumb thing, and then I'm gonna tell everybody about it just to get a little rise out of people, you know, freak out the yeah. squares. Though it did um, uh, make
2: everyone forget that he was the uh, guy who had all the weird COVID stances, and actually won because then the cop mayor is like, "Are you fucking kidding?" Like. We can't let fucking athletes have to sit because they uh, won't get vaccinated. What are we gonna do about the Yankees? So Tyree <laughs> actually fucking uh, yeah, totally dunked on everybody on that one. Real pragmatic solve too there.
0: Really good. Yeah. And 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 by uh, I should also clarify, we're not anti Semites. Yeah. I didn't mean we have been that. I mean I think we. have I mean, the- also depends. I mean, like
2: I'm
1: sure. <laughs> oh shit! No, That's no. I just mean way. like,
2: no, we are not anti Semites, but like in a scenario where the ADL is pouring over our podcast history with a fine tooth comb, I'm right. sure that there are people who would be like, Oh, fucking it's, given point X, you are an anti-Semite. And right. I'm sure I'd have a bit of a Kyrie Irving, non-apology <laughs> apology <laughs> if accused of such things. So yeah, uh, God's working on all of us or whatever.
0: Big facts on all that. God's working on all of us. Um, I, uh, I actually, I think we covered a lot of my notes in conversation. So, oh, Uh, treating the German grenade like a microphone was really funny, too. Yes. When uh, they bring out the, yeah, that was good shit.
2: Um, Did you notice or did you see that the uh, dirtbag bartender, not the first one, uh, the one that wouldn't accept the bribe. Uh,
0: He was also in the movie Street Trash. Oh, shit. That's a great movie. New York movies. Yeah. Damn. Wow, that's cool. Wait, the the redneck bartender, like the Buck Owens bartender, or the no,
2: no, the uh, the guy that looked like a fat older Rick Rubin with a oh, okay, yeah,
0: that guy, shorter yeah. haircut. <clears throat> cool, love that. Yeah. Um, that I think that Buck Owens bartender was like an actual racist that they just brought in because <laughs> his acting is a little too good. Yeah, a too good. yeah, yeah. that wasn't he wasn't like struggling with the line read. Uh-uh. <laughs> that, yeah. It's like, oh, no, say no, say less. I've uh, seen this script before. I'm good. Yeah. yeah. I also like that that
2: makes two different parts of the movie where a random white guy goes to like hit uh, DMC with a baton and he just catches it.
0: Yeah. It's like he's like the Terminator. He's got a real yeah, that's his good mood. reflexes. Yeah. Yeah, a lot of cool 80s weaponry in this. The old stick, you know, like that weird kind of nobody really knows. It's like a little sapper, I guess maybe you'd call it, or a, a blackjack and some brass knuckles. And, you know, Trekking
2: down Vic's girlfriend with the most 80s weapon of all, the phone book.
0: Oh, yeah, dude. There's a lot of phone book in this. Yeah,
2: phone book, payphone, all very, very delightful uh, memories of what the world was like before we used fucking slave labor to get computers in our pockets.
0: Yeah, man, thank God for that too, because I can just look at shirts that go hard on Twitter all day long. <laughs> um, I really liked. I was looking for beers, looking for beers, and looking for the price of smokes, and I couldn't find either in this. So yeah, That's I fun.
2: don't know if anyone smoked
0: a cigarette in this movie. Which
2: oh, there was that one part when J- Master Jay was having the like in a different world, we could have been allies conversation with the enforcer. I like um, that and guy. He, like, gets the smoke put in his mouth, but it never was lit. Ah. Which is weird, because every movie before, like, 1995, I'm just used to there being at least one chain-smoking character. Right. Everybody smokes and everything. Yeah. Yeah. What's that? Oh, yeah. I, I was that watching, guy's uh, name. I was watching Prom Night, the Jamie Lee Curtis uh, slasher movie, and yeah. uh, multiple scenes of students smoking in high school. Like, awesome. not, like, behind the parking lot, it like, cutting out a metal shop or whatever, but, like, Walking to class, smoking a cigarette in a building—fucking incredible! Hell
0: yeah, dude! And you got to see prom night too. It's uh, it's awesome. It's completely unrelated, but uh, it's when they tried to make their own uh, low budget version of Nightmare on Elm Street. It's really fun. Interesting. Um, That's on yeah. uh,
2: uh, Peacock. I saw it when I was scrolling to Ichi the Killer the other day, which is shockingly unedited on Peacock.
0: Fuck yeah, Peacock. Yeah. Peacock goes hard.
2: (laughs) Yeah, having just watched like Halloween on fucking the AMC app and seeing like blurriness over Michael Myers' hands as he goes to like strangle somebody, it was very shocking to see like full on arterial spray violence on the NBC Universal app. It's
0: the good shit. That's the good shit. They're no Tubi, but (laughs) don't get there. I really want to find dude's name. Yeah, I can't. I can't find him. Oh, is it? Fuck. I don't know that guy's name anyway which he was guy? great the guy who plays uh vic's like main bodyguard guy
2: oh bodyguard. yeah yeah he was good yeah i liked how realistically shitty all the nyc apartment
0: sets were yep all bad yeah. a lot of a lot of soho a lot of noho um you can tell because they're at well they they eat at the noho star which is also still there weird yeah weird there, that there all, a is... lot of the shit is still there
2: It was interesting to see that this had overlap with Stranger Than Fiction because there were aspects of it that like, well, very different movies, very different backstories, like the New York City-ness of them.
0: Yeah. Yeah, the exterior shots.
2: Yeah, the uh, driving around in the desert is sort of a spiritual sibling to the uh, fucking Cleveland Lake or whatever. Yeah. Yeah, yeah.
0: yeah, yeah, uh, This would make a great double bill. God, we should curate a film festival.
1: Yeah.
2: Um I feel like that's a cocktail napkin idea we had in like twenty
0: seventeen and
1: never followed yeah. through on.
0: Yeah. It'd be great though, man. Let's oh, do yeah. it. Let's find a way. Um I got nothing else. I got no more notes.
2: Yeah, no. I'm uh I mean, we mentioned uh, Jam Master J's dream
0: about getting his dick
2: bitten off.
0: <laughs> we didn't mention it until right now. You my mention of it pales in comparison to your mention. Yeah, that that's
2: was. fair. You did not mention uh, the dick getting bit off. That's unfortunate. <laughs> uh, yeah, of Flav mentioning Dynasty when he's complaining yeah. about his uh, girlfriend can only watch. I think that's what they were trying to do, right? Was the idea that prisoners are sitting around having a conversation about what got them in. And yeah. Flava Flav. I was just torn on whether it was of Flav beat up his girlfriend because she was ungrateful that he stole a TV or if it just was because he stole a TV. Cause if no, he, it's because it's
0: because she wanted to watch. Yeah.
1: Did he, so get, did he, did he kill just, her? He destroyed her played?
0: TV because she wanted to watch dynasty instead of hanging out with him or something.
2: Oh, see, I thought it was, he stole the TV. So when she was being an ingrate, uh, by saying, I'd rather watch dynasty than talk to you. He was like, you couldn't watch dynasty were it not for this television I stole.
0: Ah, okay. I thought he paid for the T V. Oh okay. I'm glad we're unpacking ah. this to the extent that no one's actually talked about this movie. That's the other thing. Like yeah. I found a fucking I don't even know what it is, some podcast they'd basically do like a director's commentary. It was awful. Yeah. Um I turned it off almost immediately. And uh yeah, that's it. So this is the definitive tougher than leather podcast, folks. Yeah.
2: Yeah. That's until it comes out on Criterion, this is the best you're gonna get. God willing. Uh, yeah. yeah, I don't think I have any others.
0: Do some hotlines! You made it a hot I made it a hot song. Damn, son, where'd you find this? Uh, I got a lot of hotlines. Perfect. I got a couple. Must have been hard in there without girlies. How did you <laughs> handle it? And just DMC staring off from the distance just goes, I dreamed a lot fucking amazing. Come on. What movie were we about to see when that was going on? You know? Yeah.
2: And what movie would we have had if his answer was very different?
0: Right. (laughs) I thought maybe like a song remains the same. Kind of like, you know, everybody gets their own little kind of fucking... Dream sequence kind of thing.
2: Yeah. You know, yeah, sick. no. It's like if you would have started describing one of those fake pussies made out of banana peels
0: or whatever. <laughs> the, but, the <laughs> yeah, what movie does this turn into that? <laughs> Oh. Sorry to all of our incarcerated listeners. That's not cool of us to make fun of that thing. No. Um <laughs> <it's> just... <laughs> It's the
2: but the problem is it's a banana peel. So like it's It's impossible to think that without it being like a Mario Kart thing. Like Toad throws a Fifi over his head (laughs) to make Donkey Kong spin out.
0: He doesn't spin out, he just gets distracted and starts fucking it. That's what happens. Ooh, a Fifi. Let me pull over really quick. Oh, why did we do this?
1: Uh. What? <laughs> That's a good one.
0: Oh, man. That's funny. Yeah. I mean, Mario and Luigi do have, like, gloves. So, like, they're, they're yeah. gloves. So does the the ghost. Everybody's got gloves in the Mario universe. Yeah. If you're in a world with that
2: many Fifi's, you wear gloves.
0: <laughs> oh Yeah. Helps with the cleanup. Yeah. Oh. That finishing line... <laughs> at the finishing line of Moo Moo Meadows (laughs) there is a Fifi so get there first you don't want to get there that's true yeah you better
2: hustle Blue Shell (laughs) um okay moving on barely uh when I think it's Adrock is hitting on the secretary that ends up getting uh cozy with Jam Master J um or not, was Jamester or J or Reverend Run? I can't remember. Oh, uh, it's Run. Yeah. It's Run. Uh, I love that one of the other beasties chimes in and goes, did he tell you about his rash?
0: <laughs> yeah. I feel like that was like a, like a classic beasties thing, you know? Yeah, like that might not have been a written down line.
2: There may just be like a bunch of uh, editing room floor, uh, different hilarious things shouted out to right. block that are just like in the Rolodex of
0: like, Funny things the Beastie Boys would say to each other. And that was Jenny Lumet, uh, who wrote Rachel Getting Married, the classic. Her Daughter mother. of Sidney Lumet and granddaughter of Lena Horn. Lena Horn,
2: that's it. All right.
0: Yeah. That's cool.
2: Yeah.
0: I don't I'm not uh, culture enough to know much about my man Sidney, but uh, no. I hear he's an, I hear he's an Lena icon. Horn.
2: And it was like, yeah, one of those uh, old musicians that's in every Cosby show episode. <laughs> right.
0: Yeah, guest stars in the 90s were so funny. It was like, Michael Dukakis is going to be in an episode of Home Improvement or whatever. And there's always a a very
2: strange, uh, it's like the last episode of Martin when uh, they're getting married on the beach and then Gina's like, oh, and now we'll uh, have our wedding start with a song from my very dear and loyal cousin, Babyface. (laughs) <laughs> where they need to like have baby face there but they're like uh-oh what if people are worried about the integrity of the plot of the <laughs> yeah, martin series finale so let's make sure that it's clear that this is canon they do yep. share blood
0: yep yeah we can't uh we can't play fast and loose with the with the family tree here not yeah. cool yeah
2: um i like a uh, hotline uh Arthur doesn't dislike you. As a matter of fact, he likes you, but one word for me and he'll break your fucking legs. <laughs>
0: that's really good. Yeah. I forgot about that one. There's a lot of good, like uh, tough guy talk. Um, that's what I like about you, Bernie. You're a real piece of shit. Yeah. Good line. Yeah.
2: It's weird. It's like, because it's a sort of black exploitation movie framework, but with an excess of white people, because it's a music right. industry movie, it's like it's a black movie when Run DMC are talking, but it's like a hard-boiled '50s crime movie when white people <laughs> yeah. are
0: talking. That's such a good point. Like the reference point, like immediately shifts when it's yeah. when it's like Rick Rubin's little side quests or whatever the fuck. Yeah.
2: <laughs> Uh, another, uh, from that moment that you just mentioned the, uh, you know what I like about you, Bernie, you're a real piece of shit. The line right before that, when, uh, Rick Rubin talks about, um, the other, his partner at the label, um, how they're planning to like kill him or whatever. And he's like, yeah, he hasn't looked very healthy lately. And, uh, yeah, Bernie like doesn't get it at first. And then it's like, and then he realizes and he's trying to be like the good soldier. And he's like, now that you mentioned it, he uh, does look a little peaked as of late. <laughs> It's just like a really funny like like it's the way my mom would describe somebody that looks like shit.
0: It's it's this movie's version of touched. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's uh yeah, peaked. Um he's been robbing you blind for over a year, you big chooch. <laughs> just, <laughs> calling someone a chooch is awesome. It's a great insult.
2: I nearly wrote that down and then I was like, I don't want to Google Chooch to make sure it's not an outdated uh, racial epithet that I've forgotten about, but I don't think it is. I'm going to Google that. Um, Pulling up incognito tab to Google racial epithets.
0: Right. Oof. Italian slang, stupid person. Oh, perfect. Not bad. I mean, I've heard people say Chuchamanga, which is like another... Uh, that sounds offensive, too, so maybe I just made it worse, but... Okay. Um, like, there's a longer version, you know? Yeah. Well, you're in luck.
2: Anybody that's sensitive to
0: anything at all turned off during the Fifi conversation. <laughs> and this is ridiculous that we went from Tales from the Crypt, where we, both of us sound like we just want to run screaming from the room the entire time, and then this, where we're yeah. gleefully describing the worst <laughs> shit. I mean... <laughs> Pick your poison, folks.
1: Yeah,
2: yeah. The hotline and the thesis statement of the uh, podcast. You wouldn't
0: believe it. The white ones were worse. (laughs) Yep. There it is. Um, Suspect lines. uh, When like Rick Rubin's trying to sound tough and he's like, I'll show him who carries the biggest dildo, which I mean, (laughs) it's confusing. It's a confusing line. Uh, Do you want to have a bigger one or do you not want to have a big one? um yep
2: um how many do you have left i think i've got one very good one i like
0: i got what's this an invasion when uh when run dmc comes into the office and uh the receptionist what's this an invasion it's great love that um and everything works better when you oil it i just uh you could hear whoever wrote from it. the part
2: where they actually show a close-up of oil
0: leaking <laughs> i didn't know maybe that's no that might have been a fun little visual gag but that's when they were like everybody's tooling up this a requirement for most rap movies is like you, your rapper has to get guns and cock them and load them and fetishize yeah. the guns and they're doing that and then uh runs like this gun needs oil and then the girl's like everything works better when you oil it then she bangs him immediately oh um so maybe they do cut to a shot of some dripping oil i didn't catch it but i hope they did
2: okay uh this great. a because it's hilarious but b because it's the first half of it is like a line from forrest gump so it's very funny envisioning it like all being in forrest gump Sometimes I wish I were a bird so I could fly away or a giraffe with a
0: neck long enough to do myself. <laughs> yeah, this whole, this whole spiel here. <laughs> Cause they're in a zoo and he's like trying to intimidate this guy. Oh my God. I I, I hated it. It was like Rick Rubin, <laughs> you poor fucker. You did this to yourself though. That's what I need him to know. Is that but he made himself like, look so dumb. If we were writing a
2: movie, I could see things thinking that's very funny and then right. if you're a bad actor i can see that line that's not as funny outside of the writer's room being
0: quadruply
2: not as funny because right. you are reduced to reading it that way
0: that's a good point dwight yokum could sell that line
2: yes exactly
0: our greatest living actor um uh, i'm out of hot lines yeah no i think we've covered it yeah it's good stuff uh all right so Mendoza should you line. watch this? Yeah, should you watch yeah. this movie? Is it is it above or below the Mendoza line?
2: I think it's above. I think it is deeply flawed, and there's a lot wrong with it. But a eighty-three minute movie that's a very good time, and is like has a lot of historically important figures in it. Like, I yeah. there's a lot more reasons to watch this movie than not to. And the things right. that are wrong with this movie make it a pretty good popcorn movie like yep. you're certainly never bored there's times right. where you're like a little murky as to what's happening but even yep. that it always either tidies itself up or is about something unimportant enough that who gives a shit
0: yeah and they get these you you know that they like you get these little shots of adrenaline like you get a slick rick performance you get beasties performance you get full yeah. run dmc songs you see a lot of russell simmons we didn't cover him really but yeah he's yeah. in it
2: that yeah. um, the the Slick Rick performance, while incredible, is probably the one credible moment of just full-on sexism. It's Slick Rick just performing traitor like a prostitute for no reason in the middle of the yeah. movie. Like, wow, that's incredible. And Slick Rick is the god. Uh, yeah, I can see how that would actually be something that would be like, yeah, not really yeah. gonna defend that to an outsider.
0: But it did kind of contextualize things for me about how like fluid that scene was aesthetically, like you know how he just comes out looking very foppish and strange and like, he sounds like a fucking weirdo and oh, like yeah. he puts on like the best show you've ever seen, you know, like oh, forget yeah. about the subject matter. I was like, yeah, I guess that scene was like just a lot more artsy and weird than like, sometimes I think we even think about, you know, sometimes yeah. we just think about it as this like hibbity hop at the jam, jam and like, no, was, people were doing a lot of weird shit and like probably the folks you don't even still hear about where, you know, the ones opening up these shows and doing just bizarre almost performance art. So, like, I like yeah. that about it, but then, yeah, the song, Treat Her Like a Prostitute, like, come on, man. Yeah, that's And it's, like, again, yeah, not even a shot
2: at the, the song or its importance in history. Like, I've totally listened to that song, like, a couple times a year. It's fucking great. It's just, there's parts that are like, oh, well, this should be thought of in a larger context. Then there's parts where it's like, yep, rap music has sexism. Who gives a shit? <laughs>
0: <Yeah>. <laughs> that is certainly yeah. the latter. Yeah, it's fucking like nineteen eighty eight. Um, yeah, but yeah, I say watch it. I mean, it's, if you can, fuck, if you have had the yeah. opportunity to watch Tougher Than Leather, watch it. Yes, uh, if like, you
2: if you tech if you uh, tweet at us, we will make sure to send you the Facebook link. Yes, <laughs> so that guy will suddenly have more views on a three year old <laughs> upload that literally no one on earth has
1: watched.
0: Yeah, I, I closed the link, but I I should shout out. It's like hip hop movies and documentaries. Yeah, we should see of what of. else they have. Right. It'll come in handy for later. Um, all right. I'll we'll take a break. Listen to some tunes. And uh, yeah, this is what we're, we're really going to get into it. Anthony. We're really going to cover like the definitive. Like we're going to figure out Run DMC's place in history.
2: I mean, if we release this episode and people's biggest complaint is that we didn't pick representative enough music, I think they let us off easy.
0: Uh, yeah, I mean, fucking right. Exactly. That's yeah. true. Um uh what's the first song? Uh we can we this the way we did it this week we can actually say right what we
2: Yeah, we'll actually lead with Run DMC. We'll we'll be talking ragtime.
0: Oh great. Okay. Very excited for this one. Uh we'll be right back.
3: I woke up this morning, got ready to roll Put on my green bomber, it was freezing cold Applied long johns with adidas not matching I called up gym master cause I knew he was scratching. J to the telly music, loud as hell He said, hold up, run, King-oom. it's the best Jay to the door as he leaves the cut for his eyes a surprise. DMC, what's up? I need a little help, Jay, I
4: got a little problem. A guy like yourself, maybe you can help me solve him. I only want to know why this happens all the time. What? Everywhere I go, I start to rap and rhyme. I rock him in the day. Yeah, you rock him every night. I rock him when I left, so deaf I knew something was wrong. I rhyme when I am sleeping. I rhyme when I'm awake. When I was nine, I said I rhyme by putting candles on my feet. I just came from the bank. You said it rhyme A rap so funny, a song about the line so long. They all gave me their money. That's why I came to you. You're my friend. Yes, that is true. Said maybe Jay knows what to say. He'll tell me what to hmm. do. Yo, you go get Joe and all the rhymes you made, and we'll go to the bank and, and we can all get paid.
3: Cruising down the block in the '66 Old. Oh. Girls are on the jock like the rock. Change for the toll. Suckers gotta wait, that's your fate, poor souls. Heard you on the records and I heard you on the tapes. Stop! Switch the conversation over to grapes because you're not busting none. So stop fussing, son. You're not down with the Rush, they call us Russ and Run. Since that's the company, you won't be chumping me. Here's a man, act that fan. Run, be bumping
0: Okay, I take back everything I said about Run DMC, like, trend chasing, because I don't think anybody else was doing, like, funny saxophones, Benny Goodman sounding ass trumpet solos and shit in the end of their songs. So Yeah, uh, I
2: want to find out, like, what, like, is that uh, just a session musician? Is that, right. like, a straight up just instrumental fucking, like, Louis Armstrong bit? Like, yeah, I don't right. know. It's All of it is very odd to me. And I wonder if part of it is them either, like, as, like, a winking between friends or as, like, a passive-aggressive thing, like, making fun of Slick Rick, who was very new to Def Jam at this point. Like, there's just, it's, there's a lot of questions I have about Ragtime, but as a song, I think it totally rules. I'm in on it.
0: It's. I think it's so silly. I told you in the beginning of this, it, it seems like a parody of a Run DMC mm-hmm. song, but I think more. I think you nailed it when like it might be a parody of a Slick Rick song. Yeah. Um, it's just. I think I come to. <laughs> I come to Run DMC for, the most spare, minimal shit. Yeah. And like this has, a, this has a lot going on. It's got a little, jokes. It's got a theme. It's got fucking. It's. It's just got a lot. There's a lot in there. Yeah. What's interesting, because when we were talking earlier
2: about some of the stuff on this record that is like sort of, I I mean, it's uh, anticipating future conflicts that would happen between Run and DMC, where in theory, this is a compromising record. But I mean, like Mary Mary and uh, what's the one about like my daddy's going crazy or whatever, like those songs have like an obvious hook. And, like, they're singing and stuff. And, like, it is a little bit more of that walk this way thing. But what's interesting about ragtime is, in theory, you're like, oh, this isn't hard. But, like, there's not a chorus. And they're all trading off bars. They're all rapping, like, relatively hard. It's just the beat is very unexpected. And the fake English accent is very unexpected.
0: Really, really, like, left field. Uh, yeah. It's, yeah. like,
2: more of a fake English accent than you get out of,
0: like, 90s punk musicians. Yes. And I think I figured out who played on this. The Uptown Horns. Okay. Uh, Yeah, I got a guy named Robert Funk. Okay. That's a cool name. Seems spot on. And then or it could be a guy named Vincent Hammond from the group Fishbelly Black. So a little research here, baby. Love it. Love
2: it. But, yeah, I'm totally in on ragtime. And if I had to go through – I mean, Tougher Than Leather is a weird product. It's a little all over the place as an album. But yeah. I would definitely put Ragtime in, like, the top half of the songs. Like, Runs House and Beats to the Rhyme, obviously, are, like, among the top. But, I mean, I, I think after a couple beers, I would probably put Ragtime, like, near the <laughs> bottom of, like, the top four or five.
0: That's Anthony scaring the hose, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> putting Ragtime on at the party. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's funny, like, such limited real estate, too, to do a, such a, like, a weird song like that. Like, there, what there's only 10 songs. 12 songs on this album. Like, yeah. damn, yeah, they they must have really believed in ragtime, you know? They're like, yeah. This is this is the one, we're gonna go out with this one. This is like the closing, the big finish. Yeah.
2: It's like two and a half minutes, but fifty seconds is the fucking horn outro.
0: Yeah, it's fucking Donnie Trumpet sounding fucking yeah. prototypical chance to rap. I don't know, man. It's crazy. Yeah.
2: It's very, very odd, but yeah, I love it. It's I it'd be interesting to find out
0: what people thought about it then, but
1: uh, <laughs> right.
2: I'm
0: all in on Ragtime. Readers, weigh in. Maybe we'll put up a Twitter poll or something if, if Twitter still exists. Yeah,
2: yeah exactly.
0: Um, yeah. What's next? Um, next, should we go with Hollis Crew? Hollis Crew. Yes. Tell me a little bit about these folks.
2: Okay, so earlier when we were talking about, what was it, the Magnificent Super 7, which also had... Yeah, Runny Run and DMC. Two of the other seven were Butterlove and Cool T, who also lived in Hollis. Cool. Uh, this is sort of interesting because I don't think we touched on this earlier, but this is one of the few times that um, Run DMC is on Def Jam.
1: It's okay. like Run DMC
2: is on profile. But in part, that's because Def Jam, and this is all stuff that a smarter, older person could probably say better with less errors in it. But as far as I know, it's like Russell Simmons is starting a record label while also making money as the manager of his brother's run, uh, yeah. rap group, Run DMC. So then Run DMC ends up on um, uh, Profile, So Profile's where the Run-DMC catalog is. And, like, after 50 music mergers, it's possible Profile and Def Jam are now underneath one of the same, like, big four or whatever. But as it stands, like, this record with these two guys and then co-produced by Run and with Scratches by Jam Master J and Ruben being involved on Def Jam is, like, sort of a piece of connective tissue sense i mean hell going back to the discussion of why tougher than leather isn't available that might have something to do with it too like i don't know right. what crush grooves current streaming situation is either
0: shit yeah i mean it's uh it i wonder if it's one of these kind of things like are they credited on the song or do they is it one of those where they have to say like made by some guy you know uh fucking schmevron schmun and
2: yeah, you know, they're credited like, right. on the label that's shown in the YouTube video. Like, it's just one of those oh, okay. classic. Well, the picture, the thumbnail, is a picture of the label. But yeah. as far as like what their like current streaming situation is, like whether the Hollis Crew have an artist page on Spotify or whether there's like a weird Def Jam box set that like this right. is now just eternally a part of or something that i'm uh, ignorant to, but yeah it's great Forever. it's got great We're digging scratches a uh, lot of lengthy just like only beat parts uh yeah fucking in uh, Butterlove butter love and cool tea do what you would want uh rappers in 1985 to do yeah odd historical curiosity that uh also
0: bangs hell yeah we'll be right back
4: what makes the when they enter the place contains full sound treble and a touch of bass We're missing no the road when you first survive Make it clear to your ear that the party is live What is it hidden in the back of every musical track And keeps the crowd going when the party is back? That keeps the jam jumping and a lot of the dark It's the beat, Word. and That's for sure It's not, it's not the scratch Sure. <laughs> <laughs> the, the base of very lyrical sound, the first that makes you move and makes bow, the first that you in a theoretical grip as we embarked at the dark. <laughs> the Hollywood Trip the first invades every musical tone. It sounds so deaf when the beat's alone. It's not the fresh ride. It's for sure, it's not the scratch It's not the gun. It's not the vibe It's the beat, word And that's for sure It's the crashing of the cymbals The pounding of the bass The highs and the lows Smashing in your face and control, control, out the body and soul. He peeks from the street, but instructions to go is the beat. It's the beat.
2: That is odd, right? Not that we need to put more talk of that yeah, on uh, it, the pod. It is weird. Like, like I instantly or like reflexively think about Run DMC as a Def Jam band, even though they're not. Because it's yeah. just like if Russell Simmons and Rick Rubin are involved, you wouldn't think that it's not
0: right. And wouldn't it be that like, like Run DMC's deal with Profile was what? got them the money to essentially start Def Jam. Isn't that kind
2: of like my belief to some degree, although then you start to get into Rick Rubin borrowing money because he's at NYU and his parents have a little and all that. So, right, right. It's just, it is Russell's Russell's nut came in part from money. He made getting (laughs) run DMC to do shit. I believe
0: anyway, welcome back. Yeah. So this last one, man, I fucking I did the barest bit of research to understand what the fuck was happening here because I I had never heard the name Milk before in in a rap context. So this is Milk. Yeah, it's Milk D from Audio
2: Two. You would know the song Top Villain probably Uh, sampled uh, over and over and over and over and over. Uh, I Get Money is one of the big notable ones. I think there is actually an I Get Money remix that Milk D is on, which is that's cool. Uh, Yeah, this is like. 94 95 something like that it is the uh era of rick rubin where he is now leveraged almost completely out of rap but then uses the juice he has to then occasionally just like executive produce weird old rap shit from like the kind of people that he likes which are like people like audio Two, which are just like big drums and like really fucking classic rappity raps um and i don't think this album ever ended up getting much promotion. It was just sort of like a hobby project for Rick Rubin. Uh, but then also Ad Rock from the Beasties produces the beat and does a cameo, which again makes the fact that this is, uh, yeah, just a record that sold like zero copies, all the more curious. Like, yeah. You would frankly think that once fucking, uh, yeah. Is he the one that died?
0: Uh, No who died in the beastie boys we are Let's the worst ramp podcast oh yeah no but I, like i said we came we came here for the um the definitive podcast yeah. <laughs> about this era i'm getting there getting there oh god yeah Yauk died yeah okay yeah um so yeah like it's
2: just a weird throwback the drums are fucking impossibly hard it's great uh yeah also a weird line about uh how they don't eat pig which is i guess like i don't know if uh milk d is a muslim but presumably uh adam yowch was not eating uh swine as a jewish man and then i think he ended up becoming vegan once he got really into that tibetan freedom concert shit as well
0: that makes sense uh yeah. i the only thing i did find was an ego trip of course this is where you air this kind of Dirty Laundry. He was saying that he doesn't like the song, or he's like, I'm not so sure about the song, which is so weird. And he never yeah. met Milk D. Ever. He just. It was one of those where, like, interesting. Recorded it like, yeah, in absentia or whatever. Um, which that also begs the
2: question: Is this further? It just did Rick Rubin come up with the pairing? Or like uh, yeah. yeah, it's odd, but he's it pulling some strings. Slaps. Yeah, yeah, and the album is fun. It's a. Uh, it's not all good and it's like ep length uh but it's got the classic uh 90s record uh label hell thing where the songs are sort of in order of how good they are so there's <laughs> nice. like an intro that's like 20 seconds then like the first three songs are incredible and then there's like two songs that are adequate and then there's one song where you're like yeah i guess it exists that's fine yeah uh, so yeah yeah start the milk d uh ep and get uh through it as long as you're getting joy, and then stop because you have the entire recorded history of music <laughs> at your fingertips.
0: You have a life to get to. Yeah, um, a life, all right, yeah but it. why not listen to Spam
2: four times because they reference like fifteen different New York Knicks in it?
0: <laughs> oh shit! Really?
2: Yeah, Give yeah. A there's an quick... Oakley reference. There's a U.S. Oh yeah, reference, I remember that Oakley one. A- fighting with reggie miller reference There nice. uh, is an earl the pearl monroe reference at the end for all the uh 72 Knicks fans out there uh yeah yeah they really they go aggressively nicks heavy on this as as one should
0: that's awesome big anthony mason fans right the uh yes. the beasties oh yes 100 percent. all right well that's it i hope you enjoyed whatever this was
2: yeah, uh, yeah. It's, uh, if you thought the last one was too tidy and sane, this is an overcorrection <laughs> by an exponential amount.
0: I had a blast. Now uh, we'll listen to Spam featuring Ed Rock by Milk. And before we do that, what do we do? Free Max B. We're out.
1: Two, two, three, 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 four, four!